welcome to the Blue Mountain Center podcast. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by... Zohar. Zohar, what's been going on at BMC this week? Well, we've had a fun week at BMC. Uh, we had the Adirondack Nonprofit Network here for a conference, which is pretty cool. They're like... Uh, uh, usually we have these conferences that bring people from all over the country, sometimes the world, and the Adirondack Nonprofit Network is a group of people from inside the park, or as we say here, the Blue Line. And uh, organizations large and small, right? Yes, large and small, like uh, environmental organizations, arts organizations. Um, what are, uh, we had a animal shelter here. We, yeah, health organizations. And, it's just um, a lot. It's a lot to remember. Yeah, many Tons different... of people. We Tons of... flooded with good people this weekend. And the reason that it was especially flooded was was because we invited um young people as well as old people. Yes. That's probably not how they phrased it. No, they phrased it actually as emerging leaders and stalwarts, if you remember. Yeah. And I think Andy actually did say old farts at one point. I don't <laughs> he think did. He did at multiple points he said <laughs> old farts. Um yeah, but we got to participate, which was fun. We don't always get to participate, but we, Luke and I, are emerging leaders in an Adirondack nonprofit, so mm. that was fun. Of course. It was fun for me. I can't speak for you, Luke. I had fun, but I will say that although I w- was feeling high and mighty and getting to participate, I was also eventually put in my place when I had to hop up and ferry out trays of tuna fish uh, for lunch. Yeah, so. that is... we. So we were participating and working at the same time, which is a funny thing if you've ever been at a retreat center. It's like uber relaxation, but um, we had to kind of snap in and out of that to serve people lunch and find towels. But we don't mind martyring ourselves for the Adirondacks. It is where we live and we want to... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And martyring ourselves is our job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Zohar, who that we you... love. We love our job. Right? I love my job. I love my job. I love my friends. I love my parents. Zohar, who did you talk to this week? Um, so I talked to Callie Brooks, who is, she's the executive director of the Adirondack Foundation. And, um, well, the Adirondack Foundation has been instrumental in bringing together the Adirondack Nonprofit Network, which has been meeting I don't remember for exactly how many years, but almost a decade now here at Blue Mountain Center. Um, and she's just a really great, inspirational woman. She worked at Blue Mountain Center for two years mm. as a young person uh, when she was first starting out. All right. Well, without further ado, here's Zohar talking to Callie Brooks. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Zohar. Thanks for having me. Um, So I just wanted to start, if you could tell me a little bit about the Adirondack Foundation. Sure. It's great to talk about the Adirondack Foundation here at Blue Mountain Center because in many ways it had its founding here, the Blue Mountain Center. Mm -hmm. Um, Adirondack Foundation will celebrate, uh, I think we're about... 17 years old this year, and we are one of about 750 community foundations that are across the country, and there's hundreds more across the globe. 
Um, we are uh, local foundations that work with individuals, families, nonprofits, community organizations to grow charitable funds. The funds are pooled together for investment purposes, tracked individually, and grants are distributed in the form of um, grants and scholarships back into the community. You're the executive director of the Adirondack Foundation, correct? So how did you come into that position? So... Um, Gosh, now about 20 years ago, I came to the Blue Mountain Center and to work with Harriet. Um, she had a vision for the region. She was familiar with community foundations. She thought there should be a community foundation in the Adirondacks. She hired me to come here and do a research project. She's, I spent a year and a half, maybe two years, going, um, living here and going around the region, interviewing people to understand the economic, social, cultural, and environmental fabric of the community. Um, with the help of Julie Ristow, we put together a report. Uh, we presented the report, and the idea was that would, that would form the basis of um, a foundation to support the human, and community, human communities of the Adirondacks. What's, I, what happened that was somewhat ironic is as I was writing up the report, a similar effort was ha was taking place in Lake Placid, which is the town I grew up in. And my mother handed me a brochure, in fact, and said, isn't this what you're trying to do? It was mm -hmm. pretty ironic. So um, many of the people that we that I grew up with were involved in this other effort called, at the time, Adirondack Community Trust. They had a very similar idea to create a community foundation. So we met, we shared our findings, and all of a sudden I was out of a job. And um, so I stayed and worked here at the Blue Mountain Center for another year, maybe a year and a half. And eventually the organization, which is now known as Adirondack Foundation, hired me to um, take over the foundation and grow it. And um, that was about 14 years ago. And fast forward today, we're a pretty vibrant um, philanthropic entity that thinks deeply about making grants and scholarships, but much more about the needs of the community and the role that convening can play and bringing different groups together to um, solve problems and take on opportunities. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in the Adirondacks, and I've heard from Harriet Barlow, who's our founding director at Blue Mountain Center, that you met her at a Thanksgiving dinner yes. <laughs> in Minnesota. And I'm curious, just when did you always imagine yourself coming back to the Adirondacks, or was that sort of a surprise? Um, yeah, boy, that was a that was a really important Thanksgiving dinner, wasn't it? Um, no, so I di I did grow up here. Um, and ne really never saw myself living here. I kind of was one of those, I think like many kids, the grass is greener somewhere else. Um, went to college far away, um, had a, an opportunity to uh, live and work in Minneapolis, which is where I met Harriet. And when she presented the opportunity of coming back and doing this work, it was almost, I, I'd never even thought about, I never knew what a community foundation was. And um, so I said, let's give it a try. Um, I think one thing that I had learned at that stage in my life, I was doing international work, that I really spoke the language here, and um, I hadn't recognized how important that was. So it's for me, it's a real honor to be able to come back here as um, a, a young person who grew up here. I had the great good fortune of being away from here for quite a while, and then the opportunity to come back and make a real difference. Tell me a little bit more what you mean about speaking the language here and how that's different from the language in other places that you've worked? For some people who 
who who live here, knowing that you understand what it means to grow to to live here matters to them. And so, um, I I know what it what it's like to spend really long winters here. I know what it's like to be to have to to struggle to survive here. I know what it's like to thrive here. And I think. For some people that we work with at the foundation and that many of the cultural organizations and social organizations in this region work with, it they, they like to know that there are people who understand what they're going through. Um, many people are very accepting of people coming from the outside and that embrace this place as well, but I think I have a bit of an advantage having been born and raised here. As the executive director of the Community Foundation, what um, are some of the things that people in the Adirondacks are struggling with that you're working towards solving? Or... Sure. So um, I like to think of our work as, um, you know, really focused, focusing on opportunities as opposed to what the challenges are. And um, so th- th- we have hundreds of donors that we uh, work with to realize their philanthropic vision. So I will work on historic preservation. I'll work on libraries. I'll work on playgrounds. I'll work on environmental protection. Um, it, it's a little bit, uh, pick a card, any card, I will help you um, accomplish your charitable vision. That's really what a community foundation can do best. Mm-hmm. However, at our age and our experience level, we have identified uh, you know, a number of particular areas that we think Given our experience and bringing some of our donors together, we can tackle some of the um, larger issues that face our communities that are real opportunities. Um, A few years back, we brought um, primarily philanthropic donors who have kind of a background in sophisticated business development together to uh, start an angel investment fund for the Adirondack regions to really help Um, identify business opportunities, invest in young entrepreneurs to grow more vibrant businesses in the Adirondacks. So do you have a vision for the Adirondacks in the next 20 or 50 years from now? Oh, that's such a great question. There's been a wonderful process that's been going on called the Adirondack Futures Project. Um, These two very active retirees in the town of Keene have um, probably engaged over a thousand people throughout the Adirondack region to talk about the future of the Adirondacks. So I would say, having gone through that process with many of my neighbors, that um, we see a you know a vibrant, active rural life in a sustainable, protected landscape. Um, I visualize healthy schools, healthy town centers, and very protected lands surrounding it. Um, and I think it's we are well on our way to achieving that. Do we have a long way to go? Sure. Um, are some communities going to succeed and others continue to struggle? No doubt. Uh, I think it's kind of up to all of us to help um, make that happen in the places it's currently happening and, and not turn our backs on the communities where it's not hasn't quite made it yet. So you were here this weekend with the Adirondack Nonprofit Network. And tell me a little bit about how that evolved out of uh, the foundation. Sure. So Blue Mountain Center's founding director, Harriet Barlow, um, gave me a call back in, I think it was 2007, and said, you know, we have this major economic crisis happening. What, what, how, what's going on in the nonprofit sector? 
is this an opportunity to bring them together to talk talk together and you know some may not survive this how can we help and support one another so i reached out i think to about 20 nonprofit organizations again across sector to say you know can we come together for two days we're going to bring in a facilitator we're going to talk about how we can support one another through this very difficult time and it was pretty shocking to bring this group of 20 leaders together because as they walked in the room, almost no one knew one another. And um, fast forward to today, 2000, you know, and um, eight, about eight years later, um, there is a vibrant network of the, of the sector that's working collaboratively across the region to support and strengthen our communities. And it's, it's pretty heartening. This particular retreat this year in 2015 um, we brought the next generation of leadership together and to walk into the room and see uh, 25 new bright young smiling articulate faces to to build on the network was really exciting mm-hmm. uh, do you mind me asking what was one of the most exciting things that you heard at this meeting this year or? Uh, I think uh, probably the most exciting thing is that the next generation group is going to self-organize and continue to meet without needing the support of um, the seasoned professionals. Um, and that there, I have no doubt that there amazing things are going to come out of that in addition to the work that we will continue to do. Um, I also think um, there were three new seasoned executive director level folks that arrived this week and to have the opportunity for them to meet and be a part of this network in the very early stages of their new careers is really makes the network um, meaningful in a different way. I was very energized. Tell me about what you liked about it. Um, I think for me, just being in a room full of exactly what you said, young and articulate and passionate people who live in this region. And um, after having been here for about a year and not been able to spread my wings at all, it was really exciting to imagine the possibility that this region has. Um, How do you think, what's the role of the Blue Mountain Center in, not necessarily in the Adirondack nonprofit network, but in supporting the young, vibrant people that are here? I think that's a really good question, and I don't know if I know the answer. Um, it's something I want to think about this yeah. year, and I'm excited to think about and also to to join the, me- the meeting of the emerging leaders that happens this fall uh, for that reason. But um, yeah, because it's complicated, and most of the people that come through Blue Mountain Center are not people that are familiar with the Adirondacks. Um, they're, you know, artists and activists um, who are working and living in big cities, San Francisco, New York. Uh, and they they don't interact with the community much while they're here. So what our role is feels very, um, you know, elusive to me. Right. But I want to think about it. Yeah. I remember when I first met Harriet at that Thanksgiving dinner, um, I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I'd had a couple glasses of wine, mm-hmm. and I think I was very—I um, I had never heard of the Blue Mountain Center, and was so excited to hear about it, and a little bit accusatory of how could you have such an such a, a place for 
really interesting dynamic people to come and they not give back to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I have, after having worked here for a little while, I understood the important role of giving artists and activists, um, time and space to really work and do their creative work is very important. Um, and just bringing them to the Adirondacks and exposing them to the Adirondacks is, is, exposing them to the Adirondacks in a way I hadn't recognized before. Um, but I think the, the, in a way, the Blue Mountain Center is the backbone organization of the Adirondack Nonprofit Network. Our annual retreat here is um, something that it's, it's invaluable to, it's almost a retreat for the activists of the Adirondacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's completely a retreat yeah. for the activists of the Adirondacks. Um, yeah, I, do you have any advice or thoughts for a lot of the people listening to this or people who come here to Blue Mountain Center as artists and activists and maybe don't think about the community that they're jumping into? Right. Um, do you have any anything you want to say to those people? Sure. Oh, gosh. Thank you for all you do. <laughs> but um, so there is um, a vibrant life in rural America. And, you know, I think when most of us think about rural America, we think about the Midwest, perhaps. Um, but right here, you know, just five hours north of New York City and two and a half hours south of Montreal, there is um, this, like, remarkable rural mountain area that has very vibrant communities that would welcome your um, your visit, your art, your engagement, and, you know, take a spin through these little towns and stop into a country store, stop into the library, and, you know, leave your book, leave your poetry, leave a piece of art. It would be really meaningful. Stop into the public schools and check out the art class. They actually still have art classes in many of our small, small schools. Um, and, you know, always come back and visit when you're done your experience at Blue Mountain Center. And, you know, come back as a tourist and stay in a hotel. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really special place. And you, by you doing your creative work here, you're giving back, even if you're not, you're, even if you're doing it here. Thank you for that. And then um, my last question on a little bit more of a fun note is you were a staff member here at Blue mm -hmm. Mountain Center for a couple of years. And I'm now a young staff member here, and I want to um, know if maybe you have any fun stories to share or any advice to give me. Oh, gosh. Um, don't eat so many cookies. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I had the good luxury of meeting somebody um, who didn't live very far from here. We fell in love and got married, et cetera. But, um, and he would come and we, we would have this really fun game called tennis ball golf. I don't know if this is podcast tennis? worthy. No, it's worthy. podcast worthy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tennis ball golf is you would get, you know, an old golf club and a tennis ball. And as, as we all know, the Blue Mountain Center is a former golf club. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so they, it's almost like Frisbee golf, but with a tennis ball and a golf club. And so you create these holes throughout the 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 course and you just you play and we would drink beer on the way you know it was, it's quite a lot of fun um the other th i mean i loved taking the residents on hikes i thought that was super fun um it was hilarious to see these incredibly talented um 
artists out of their element and into a new element. And, you know, so to experience art through their eyes, which is because I'm not an artist, but then to experience the wilderness through their eyes, that was a really nice, um, really given back, a back and forth relationship. Um, and, you know, go hang out in Long Lake, go hang out in Newcomb, go hang out, come up to Lake Placid and see me where I live now. It's a really fun place. There's, there's surprising numbers of young, really innovative people. We met some great folks from Great Camp Sagamore this weekend and down in um, Old Forge. So um, we're out there. I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> great. <laughs> thank you for speaking with me, Callie. And thank you for all of the very inspiring work that you do in the Adirondacks. Great. Thanks so much. <laughs> listening to the podcast today thank you to ben and harriet thank you to my co-host luke thank you to callie for coming out and talking to me today and if you haven't ever checked out the adirondack foundation please go to their website it's www.generousact.org they do a lot of really fabulous work here in the adirondack park and its communities and they're a worthwhile organization to donate to um thanks for listening talk to you next week Thank you.